Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 225 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show has been an engineer, designer, and product manager, helping companies of all sizes learn about their users so they can build products that people enjoy using. She's author of the books Build Better Products and UX for Lean Startups, as well as co-host of the podcast What is Wrong with UX?, so welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast, Laura Klein. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Laura, that's obviously very much an overview of your um, career to date. Could you perhaps give us a little bit more background to maybe your work as an engineer, designer, and product manager? <laughs> sure. Um, how much time you got? Uh, I, I <laughs> started out back in the mid-90s doing tech and um sort of fell into it accidentally, honestly, as many of us did in the mid-90s, and uh, started out as a programmer because that was a thing that I knew how to do, and uh, knew I knew what it was, and UX design was still pretty... It existed, but there was much less of it back then. <laughs> and so I was a front-end engineer for a while, and uh, then I realized that the part of the front-end that I liked was actually figuring out what it should work like. And I ended up going and uh, working with a small boutique design agency where they, they were, Oh, you know how to do research and you know how to do the programming. Maybe you can come and do prototypes and things. And then they just taught me all the, the middle bit, the actual design part. So um, that was kind of how I got into UX design, which is what I'm probably associated with most. Uh, but I, I go back and forth and I do kind of all of it all the time because I get really bored easily. Okay, right. So a little bit of variation mm-hmm. and variety. Yeah. yeah. But but UX is your main thing. That's what you tend to focus on now. Yeah. When, I, when people ask me what I am, I say I'm a UX designer, which is sometimes true. Right. Okay. <laughs> Fine. So Laura, can you share with us a career tip, one that the audience may not know about and perhaps should? I stole this from somebody and I really wish that I remember who I stole it from so that I could give them credit, but I don't. So um, the thing that I found to be really interesting and important is that there is no job security. Your job can fire you at any time. The company can go out of business at any time. I work with startups. Can you tell? Um, <laughs> you know, things can explode. You know, I, I went through two big tech recessions stuff disappears. I'm not saying all of this to terrify everybody. I'm saying it because since you can't have job security, you actually can have, I think, more control over career security, if you will. There are ways that you can stay employable, more employable than, you know, just holding on to that one job forever. And those things are not necessarily the kinds of things that would be beneficial to keeping you in a single job forever. There are things like, you know, networking and 
getting the things that you're learning and the things that you know about out into the world, writing about things, giving talks, uh, going out and becoming an expert in something. Those are not necessarily things that help you in a specific job, but let me tell you, they help you a lot when you're going to get the next one if you have to go get a next one. Yeah. Do Do you also think it gives you more freedom as well in terms of the way you think about your career? Because obviously, if you don't have a had that job security in place, therefore you're always considering what you potentially should be looking at or thinking about doing next. I think that it certainly gives you more freedom in crafting how you want to be seen and what you want to do next. And and a great, yes. So I think a great way of maybe changing up what you do is going out and being kind of public about learning something now and sharing that with people. And suddenly you're sort of seen as somebody who does this other thing. And it, that's, great. I happen to also be the kind of person, and so I want to just sort of caveat this, I happen to be the kind of person who likes writing about stuff and giving talks about things and learning new stuff all the time. So this is very easy for me to say. There are probably (laughs) lots of other ways to kind of have career security, but this is one of them and it worked for me. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And Laura, can you tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? Oh my God, there are so many of them. (laughs) I don't know that I can pick the worst one. Um, I will say this, um, after having said that everybody should go out and write and give talks, I will say that my first public talk in tech was, I would call it a disaster. It, <laughs> it went extremely poorly, and at least it went extremely poorly in front of like 300 people, which is always super fun. Um, I, the funny thing is I had done a ton of public speaking back in high school, and so when somebody asked me to give a talk at this big conference... I was like, sure, of course I can do that. Yeah, it turns out it's totally different. I hadn't done a lot of good research into what other conference talks were like, and mine was garbage. And uh, and also, I was super nervous about it, and like my hands and feet were completely numb when I got up on stage, which is always great. Um, so that went badly in front of a lot of people. And yet, here I am saying, <laughs> yeah, go out, give talks. Um, I did come back from it, but... It was extremely uncomfortable. There have been lots of others that, you know, were things like building something and designing something and being really excited and happy about it and having the company go out of business for reasons that I would like to say were unrelated to the work that I did. But, you know, you always kind of ask yourself questions like, was there something I could have done differently or seen earlier to have prevented this from happening? But the thing that I really screwed up and it was really on me, that was that talk was just like, that was 100% my fault. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So what did you learn from that? Did you, did you do anything um, subsequently? I presume you still do talks. Oh, yeah. No, I, I give lots of talks. And um, uh, yeah, no, I did. I learned a lot. Um, I learned uh, to be a little bit less um, conceited about my own abilities. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also learned to do my research, which is really funny, because I've been doing research on designing products for years and years at that point. This was not a new concept to me that, hey, maybe you should do some research. I just chose not to apply it in this particular instance, and I don't understand why I didn't, but I didn't. So the next time I did, I actually went out and like watched a bunch of talks and yeah. practiced them a lot and really got very serious about it. Oh, the other thing that I did was that I went and I, pr- I started doing talks at much smaller venues. So I think the next talk that I gave... Uh, was very well researched, and it was in front of a much smaller, much friendlier audience. (laughs) 
And I sort of built back up from there by going to things like meetups and hackathons and things like that, where they wanted somebody to come in and, you know, give a talk to 50 people and, you know, on a topic that I knew really well. Yeah. So the great thing about that is you learn very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And not to repeat the same mistakes. Yeah. And if you do screw something up, because I've also given bad talks at those things, you know, they haven't paid you to fly out to it. And, you know, you haven't done it in front of 300 strangers. (laughs) And you can actually get feedback from the audience about what worked and what didn't. And it can feel, it just feels safer. It it is safer, right? It's safer. It's more comfortable. And you can really work out the, the kinks in your talk. Same thing with writing, honestly. You don't have to write something and then launch it to everybody all at once you can get feedback on it and all of the things that we do in design and research all of the time apply them to the rest of your career yeah exactly (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay so moving away from your worst moment can you perhaps tell us about your career highlight or greatest success I've been really lucky there have been there have been a few of those too I mean you know I, I I published two books and was very excited about that I'm very proud of them. I think that they're they're good books. But um, if I wanted to pick one that sort of played off my worst one, um, I did a couple of years ago get to go up on stage at uh, Davies Symphony Hall, which is a big venue up in San Francisco that you know is fairly famous, and give a talk in front of thousands of people, and um, that one went very well. So <laughs> I was very excited about that. Um, I got to get up there, and you know, people like made, you know, you make a couple thousand people laugh and it feels pretty good. And then, you know, also they learn something from you, (laughs) you know, that's, that's pretty nice. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Everything is mixed, right? Everything is, you know, I, I've gotten to do a lot of really cool things with a lot of really interesting, exciting people, some of which I can't actually even talk about. And uh, I'm just super lucky to get to do the stuff that I get to do every day. So And Laura, can you tell us what excites you about the future of the industry and careers in IT? Now is an interesting time to talk to me about it because I think that we probably have something of a bubble that's going to deflate a bit over the next few years. So I'm not actually super optimistic about the next few years of the industry. I think there's going to be some kind of painful shakeouts just based on, you know, some of the stuff that's been going on, like in the IPO markets and and technology in general. Um, The things that I am excited about are, I'm excited about seeing technology made easier for everybody in a more accessible way. I'm excited about, I'm sort of weirdly excited about AR. Oh, yeah. Augmented reality stuff. I just think augmented. I think augmented reality stuff is amazing and has tremendous potential in this way that, like, I don't think VR does. And you know, so like, if I had to pick a technology that I'm kind of excited and would like like to design for, because I think it has some really neat real world applications, AR. Um, if I was excited about other stuff, I'm also excited about the fact that we're starting to talk about ethics and design more and ethics and technology. I think that's really an important conversation to have. I think we should have been having it all along, but we weren't. And now we're starting to, and I'm hoping that that continues. Is there anything in particular around the sort of direction of technology that excites you? Or or do you have that sort of view that maybe there isn't anything new coming along? I don't know what's new and coming along. The, The problem is, I think, that every few years, 
a handful of people pick something that they get really excited about. And then all the money goes into that. And I think the last couple that they've picked have not been my favorite things. They've been, you know, the social networking stuff and some of the gig economy stuff, which, you know, look, I, I have some really great experiences on social media and I have had some really good luck with doing some stuff in the gig economy. And also it's had some really bad effects on the world. So I don't like to get into the habit of trying to tell the future. Okay. Because I think that the future is often made by the wrong people. Right. Okay. And um, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? Sure. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? So uh, it, it's it's nothing good or high-minded or anything. It was just a way that I could make money. It was the mid-90s. I was in Silicon Valley. A friend of mine, I, I had tremendous privilege because a friend of mine was doing some work at a tech company and I needed a job and she helped me get one. And uh, then I just started learning this stuff. And it turned out that I actually really enjoyed all the like problem solving aspects of it and all of that once I got into it. But I want to be very clear, like I sort of got into it before I sort of fell in love with it. Right. Okay. And what is the best career advice you've ever received? Probably the focus on career security, not job security. That's that I think was the the best advice that I've ever gotten. And conversely, what is the worst career advice you've ever received? This is very specific, and I, I know what this was. Uh, when I first got out of college and was looking around for something to do, I got a job offer as a junior recruiter in technology. Um, but a person whose opinion I listened to had never heard of recruiting and thought it sounded really sketchy. And so I I turned down that job and went and did a bunch of other stupid things for a couple of years. But uh, I think I actually would have been a really good technology recruiter. And I'm (laughs) sort of sad that I missed that because that was, you know, like the early 90s. And I think that I could have actually, and I think that could have ended up being a huge career and one that I really enjoyed, that I really would enjoy because I spent the next 10 years helping all of my friends get jobs in technology. (laughs) If you were to begin your career again in today's world, what would you do? Ooh, do I get to know all the stuff I know now or just some of it? <laughs> no, no, you do. You do. Knowing what you know now, what would you have done? Bought stock in better companies? No. Um, I think I would have stuck with engineering a little longer, honestly. Um, I got out of engineering and moved into UX, and that's been great, and I've really enjoyed it. But I think I got out of engineering for the wrong reasons. I got out of engineering because I thought I wasn't very good at it. And I think that wasn't true. (laughs) I think that was just me believing I wasn't good at it. And um, now that I've sort of seen how other people are at it more, I feel better about my own skills in it. (laughs) Let's just say that. Okay, good. (laughs) And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? So it's interesting. I do this weird thing where about every four or five years, I kind of switch. Ex- I entirely switch up what I'm doing. And I am currently in one of those phases. And so my current career objectives are to figure out what I want the next few years of my career to be. And I don't have any strong opinions about that at the moment. I'm looking at a bunch of things. I'm looking at design management and I'm looking at a lot of the, the interesting things that are going on with design collaboration right now that are fascinating. 
And uh, I'm really kind of excited about things like design systems and and uh, the operation side of design, the kind of mixing of engineering and design. I think that's fascinating. I think I'm probably, I don't want to say this because I might not. Um, I've been doing a lot of product management stuff recently and yep. making decisions about product. And I like that, but I feel like I'm moving away from it. So we'll see. But that's, that, I'm literally just working on figuring out what that is. <laughs> and what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? Writing, hands down. There is literally nothing that I have done, technical or not technical. There is nothing that I have learned to do that is has been more effective at getting me jobs, getting me well-known. All of this happened because I wrote stuff down and because I shared it with people. And what do you do to keep your own career energized? So I have the podcast, uh, What Is Wrong With UX? And it, it's so funny. It's so funny because when we first started the podcast, we started, my friend Kate and I started it because we were teaching together um, UX and we just thought that it was going to be like our students who listened to it. And then other people started and we were shocked. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's fun because I go to UX conferences and more people, I think, know me from the podcast than they know me from, you know, the books or the writing or the, which is just sort of blows my mind but it and it's really fun to do and so there's that but uh yeah so i do that and i do keep writing blog posts and um you know i occasionally give talks i try to focus on the things that where i get the most enjoyment and the most reward for the least effort on my part honestly (laughs) and what do you do in your spare time away from technology Away from technology? What is this? Uh, no, I am. Um, there, there is actually. I have one very strange hobby. Uh, I solve extremely hard puzzles for fun, and sometimes in competitions. Right. So yeah. So I do things like MIT Mystery Hunt and Dash, and there's like three people out in the world who are like, I know what those things are. Um, but uh, yeah, that's what I do for fun. Good. Okay. And Laura, can you share with us a final career tip? Yes. Don't take career advice from people like me. <laughs> and I, I Seriously. So if you are like me and you are kind of a nerd who is a generalist who has been working in the industry for 20 years and you want to be like me for some reason that I don't understand, you should absolutely take my advice on things. Um, if you are brand new out of college or like you've been doing stuff for a couple of years and you you know, are like trying to move up in a big company or something like that, don't listen to people like me. Find people like you want to be in two to three years. My advice uh, about your situation at a large company as a junior user researcher or something will be worth very little compared to somebody who was doing what you were doing two years ago. Unless the only thing that I would say is you can listen to people who are far ahead of you. If they are in fact, you know, hiring managers for the job you want to do next. Great. In that case, yeah, absolutely listen to the things that they're looking for. But asking me like, Hey, how did you get into tech? It's, I think like, you know, it's a fun story but it's history and nobody gets into tech the way i did anymore possibly true um obviously the one of the reasons for interviewing so many different people across the podcast is to get those different opinions and and backgrounds that that different people can apply so i think there's always something in there for everybody anyway 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm talking specifically about like people do come to me for like very specific advice on things like their portfolio. I'm like, I, I am the wrong person to ask about <laughs> whether your portfolio was a good one or not, or whether that like you're answering that job interview question correctly. Sure. I don't know. You need to talk to the kind of people who either write them or do them themselves. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. And also, like I said, there are lots, I mean, there are still lots of people who have been in for 15 years maybe and could benefit from some of my advice about how to move from being, and I, in fact, I do a lot of mentoring of folks who are senior folks who want to sort of become more well-known or who want to be, you know, who want to move up to be more senior or who want to move from UX to product or something like that, right? Like those things I actually can help people with quite a bit. Just, I also get the questions from people who are two years in and sure, I got nothing. Okay. Fair enough. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Um, so I never shut up on Twitter. Um, I'm at Laura Klein on Twitter and uh, I am always there. And uh, you can also check my website, which is www.usersno.com. And that is users, K-N-O-W. Although I have often been tempted to get the URL for usersno.com which would just be a bunch of things not to do to your users. Yeah, very good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Thanks so much. It's been great being here. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening in to today's episode and to my guest career tips, advice and experiences. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e and then the number of today's episode. And a quick reminder that the show has now three episodes every week on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays. So make sure that you are subscribed to the show to get new episodes automatically downloaded. Also, don't forget to join the IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. You'll get to engage with other like-minded people, get to find out more about upcoming guests and other episodes, and can get involved in the future direction of the podcast. It really is a great pleasure to be able to talk to so many inspirational people from across the industry and to be able to share their stories and advice with you. Thanks for listening, and remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.